You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad and last year we had the opportunity to have a chat with Jig Jam and this year Jig Jam are featuring and performing at Folk Alliance International New Orleans where uh, they are part of the Culture Ireland troupe that is out and Culture Ireland have uh, brought with them a group of uh, numerous artists and the opportunity to expose these artists to North American agents uh, festival directors and uh, record companies, everything else and uh, I have the four guys from Jig Jam here in front of me, Cahal Gainan Dahi Melia, Jamie McKeown and Gavin Strapper and with the thing you, you nearly did <laughs> <laughs> so guys, thanks a million first of all for coming on, fantastic performance there a while ago, thanks a million and um, I know in the last conversation I talked to, to Jamie and we chatted about how your style of music is not very, uh, it's certainly not traditional Irish and it would be very much different than what's out there on the Irish scene um, now having seen you perform which I hadn't I'd listened to the CDs and all the rest and just the, the use of the instruments you have banjos two, two five strings or two tenor banjos going at one time uh, five string and tenor banjos and, and yeah. mandolin and uh, what else was going then the fiddle going yeah the guitar um, an interesting use of instruments what, well, first of all, what brought the four of you together? And I know there's four different stories to that. So, Jamie, I heard your version. Basically, we grew up together in, in different ways and, and joined then. Like, I went to school with Zahi and I went to music lessons originally with Jamie. Right. And then Jamie played the banjo. He went to music lessons with Gavin. Right. And then after that, we... we um, kind of met up with Flack Yolds and the festival no. back home. And you just said music lessons. Where around Tullamore were you doing music lessons? Uh, I used to go to fiddle lessons with Cottle with uh, Attractive Lady there. Okay. She was living in Tullamore at the time and then I would have went to banjo lessons with Gavin with a girl called Tina Costello in okay. uh, Ross Gray. Okay. So that was that kind of path and then the boys obviously went to school together. Yeah. So in order to go from Tullamore to Ross Gray to to go to banjo lessons. It's, no, it illustrates a level of enthusiasm, first of all, oh, that you actually yeah. seek somebody out yeah. and are willing to travel that distance to, to do it. Yeah. Um, and obviously, she has a reputation that you, you recognise. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. There wasn't many banjo players in the Tullamore area at the time. But again, though, it comes from our parents having huge interest in investing the, the time to bring us to these places. So, like, that, we were, I was only 12 or 13 at the time. Of those lessons. So it was up to mum and dad to drive us there, and we were all lucky that all of our parents have been completely on board with our interest in music growing up and to know to drive you wherever you need to go, whether it was right. a, a, a lesson or a gig or a festival or whatever, you know. So we're all very lucky in that way, I think. That's amazing. So when you started out and incorporating what would have been Americana bluegrass somewhat, how did that initially, how was that taken? Particularly, did you try it at the when it was in Tullamore. Definitely not for me. No. Bluegrass was in my house a small bit. Dad had a huge interest in like fiddle music and bluegrass and a lot of country as well. And then I met Dottie in secondary school and found out through conversation that he actually had interest as well. Right. At the time Dottie was just playing guitar, picked up the five-string banjo, then we started the band and Jamie had interest in bluegrass and that's where it kind of... And how did you get the initial response. Um, 
because it would take four oh, rounds. Oh, yeah, like the, I think it was the fact that Donny Pettifying was the first real kind of kick to bluegrass because I think there was a natural bluegrassy sound. So, like we were just playing anything and everything. But I think when you had a five string there, it was just natural bluegrass feel to the song. So we were thinking, you know what, will we try some of that stuff? And like I was completely new to it. Like Gavin was new to it as well. Well, obviously said he dabbled a bit, but it was only when we kind of found our feet and started listening to bluegrass bands. It's like, oh, hold on, now this is similar to the Irish music. So, right. like, I wouldn't say we play bluegrass anywhere near the traditional bluegrass style, but we certainly played in our own style. But we'd have a huge interest in it, you know, and right. like we'd be very much influenced by the great bluegrass players and everything. And, but yet, like, we just do our own thing with it. You know what I mean? And where did you get your gigs? Starting off was pubs, right. pubs at home, playing all the covers for 21st birthday parties, right. weddings, and all sorts, anything and everything. It's only really until um, Sean McCarthy, who's our manager now, he told us at the time he was a friend, and he said, uh, you know, if you record an album, if you kind of try and find your sound, somebody potentially get kicked over here in America. Right. So that's what we did. And, and I have to say, that's where I came across you. Well, no, as I mentioned to you, you were mentioned tonight when I was at home a few years ago uh, by a friend of ours in Borough. But the first time I came across your music actually was on uh, one of the websites where I get music. And I think Sean would have put it up there. Yeah. Uh, and that's one that DJs and, and the industry have access to. But when I downloaded that and I listened to it, kind of, uh, yeah, this is interesting, different. And nice coming out of Ireland. Yeah. One of the great things about uh, what's happening here at, at Folk Alliance um, is Ireland is now is being represented by such a variety and richness that is powerful. Like that no one can categorize, no one can say walk into a room and say, Oh they must be Irish. Oh absolutely yeah yeah you know the, you've, you've such a global international feel yeah. to your music that it, that it transcends what would have been a traditional narrow Irish feel and that's powerful yes. powerful so when you came over then and started touring and, and uh, playing in front of uh, particularly American audiences how did you find the response yeah they were all very receptive to it they all seemed to really enjoy it right it was, yeah, it was a bit of a relief anyway <laughs> what was your first American gig? So, yeah, Reagan Road. Reagan Road, yeah. Road. First festival was Pittsburgh Irish Festival. Which was where? Uh, just outside in West Holmstead. And it was uh, being Reagan Road, I think. Oh, sorry, Reagan Road is a, a pub in <coughs> Disney Springs in Orlando. So it was an Irish pub. Irish pub, yeah. Right. A big, a big music set up there. The music right. all day, every day. Right. And everything. So they get fans in. We did a, a kind of a festival they do called the, It's a kind of a Labour Day weekend festival. Okay. So we're playing. Uh, it was probably five or six days of gigs there. So we played there and we obviously we got a great reception. But I think when we went to Pittsburgh, there was a lot more of a listening crowd, you know what I mean? Like right. Dragon Road is still, like it's still a pub feel. So yeah, yeah and, it, and, and it is, in a way, in a holiday environment. In Florida. Absolutely. Of course, you yeah. get up to Pittsburgh, you're closer to the Appalachians. Yeah. You're closer to, yeah. to yeah. You are very close to Cumberland. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
that's an interesting part. It is because the music around there is, is fascinating. So, how, how long are you together now, professionally? Like, at what point? Five years. Yeah, four or five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've had how many albums under your belt at this stage? Four. Four, four albums. Four at the minute. Working on another. Yeah, we're writing stuff now. So once we kind of have enough fuel in the tank, we potentially pick the best songs, and if there's an album there, we'll go for it. So and that's you're writing as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So are all four of you writing, or is there a kind, um, or is it a collaborative? Like, where are you working on that? Does one go off, or does one come to the, the weekly team meeting and say, "These are this is what I'm playing, fiddling around with," and and. Yeah, it's kind of all different. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a bit of everything that you said there, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We all write and all collaborate. Yeah. No, because I could imagine that again. If, if you, one of you has a tune in your head and you bring it, that it, it's going to stimulate the rest of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes the song doesn't suit the band as well. Like if we all have personal genres and right. song might sound a certain way. But uh, like our last album, Phoenix, that, that was a lot of Dottie and Jamie wrote a good bit of that. Right. And it just suited what we were aiming for at that time. It worked out well. We're happy with it. Right. And. Being an Irish band coming to North America, have you ever found yourselves someone shouting up, like, why aren't you playing Danny Boy? Yeah, we've gotten used to thoughts. Yeah. 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 We just have it in the set now. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is all the time. And it's not a bad thing. Like I, I get it, like, absolutely. We're Irish and the natural thing is to say, sing Danny Boy. But, like, like, it's not that we don't like any of those songs. Yeah. Like, we do respect for all that. I know it's classic It is. People kind of think, oh, classic Irish song. That's this band, even though you're playing stuff that is Irish because we've written it. Yeah. If it's original, it's Irish. You know what I mean? And then then Irish tunes. But yeah, no, we have. It happens all the time. We have all the little triggers now in our head. Whiskey in the jar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so on the on the circuit back home, uh, the festival scene has changed a lot. In certainly from before, since I immigrated, um, there weren't festivals to that the way there are now. It gets busy coming up at the end of May, June, July, August is a busy festival time. It is. We don't play at home much, though. That's the only thing about it. Right. Now, it's mighty busy for, say, I suppose what you describe as pop, pop acts and stuff right. like that. We don't really fit the bill for a lot of those festivals. That's why we spend so much time over here. Um, like, we'd love to do festivals at home, but a lot of them are kind of, I suppose, to go off, I suppose, what's popular at the minute on the radio and all that stuff. Yeah. Which is some Irish bluegrass. No, and, but, uh, and, and I have to confess, like, I listen to RTE a lot. And I guess the closest that would probably come to you would be Nile Toner. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, Nile Toner's awesome. Yeah, he's great. And he's on at an hour, I think, that isn't quite compatible with the five-hour time that he's Whereas Whereas John Creed and Cahill Murray fit right in. Yeah, yeah. No, fairness, there are lots of, lots of DJs that play or something. Oh, fairly. Uh, Charlie McGettigan, Darren. Yeah, right, yeah. John Creed and his fellas. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, like I noticed Irish radio, there's a good uh, cross-section represented now. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Because uh, on the one hand, I hear some artists and they'll say, you know, it's very hard to get coverage to get play on RTE. And yet, on the other hand, when I listen to RTE, they seem to be very supportive of Irish yeah. Yeah. So after New Orleans, uh, is this your first trip down to New Orleans? Yes, yeah, first time. Yeah, yeah. Won't be your last, will it? No. <laughs> <laughs> so after this, what's on the schedule for the rest of the year? We go home then for three weeks and then we're out for nine, ten weeks. And then start in the northeast, Boston, New York, Maine. Go then to the Midwest, uh, Michigan and Chicago. We actually have a little residency stint in Dollywood there in Tennessee. Okay. Dolly Parton's team park. And that's, so we did that before. It's a great thing actually. Right. It's a little. Uh, we play three three sets per day. But like it's a, it's a team park with roller coasters and all that. But it's like a music team park. Do you know what okay. I mean? So like you have sit down audiences every day and listen to your stuff. And I suppose from your perspective, that's a little unusual that you actually get to do your set and have time off. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, because I know, I haven't spent time on the road myself. Like, I don't know how many times I've been in New Orleans. Um, but it's always on the go. And, you know, the suitcase is on, the suitcase is closed. And airport, convention center, airport, convention center. So to get a gig like that, the lot actually sample the environment. It's a nice way to relax. Yeah. It's in the one spot for, I think it's two and a half weeks from there. That's fantastic. Yeah. No, and you can kind of... And what about um, Europe? Because a lot of Irish artists do well in Germany. Yeah, we're just, just, back, just, just yeah. back from Germany. Yeah. And what was the reception like there? Great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then likewise, I think, isn't it, there's a strong interest in Irish music or Irish performers. Is it up in Norway or Sweden? Or there's yeah, we've been to Norway playing before. Yeah. Um, haven't been to Sweden, but like, yeah, we've got lots of interest from various festivals. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Europe's good now. In fairness, we haven't probably been there as often as we've been to the States and stuff like that. Anytime we have been there it's been very very much a good experience and again receptive crowds and stuff like that. So. so is it a reasonable time to get an assessment on the state of hurling and football in Ockley? <laughs> well I never a really, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> never a reasonable time, not at the minute anyway. But they are down in the they're down in the the bottom floor at the minute now but then they have a Kilkenny man over him, Michael Fenley is the manager of the minute they heard him, so hopefully he can shed a bit of success into them, maybe pull them back up to where, where they used to be, but ah, look at when you keep, when you keep supporting them anyway, and so you never know, they might come good again. never know. Guys, uh, okay, where can people find you on the web? Jigjam.ie uh, is our website. And Facebook, look up Jigjam. And where did the name come from? 
actually my sister just came up with it when we were starting first she was in the band when we originally started and it didn't really mean a whole pile at the time King Jam it's only since we've met our music over here and defined our sound the idea of what we do on stage now is complete King Jam because a jam band I suppose is this bluegrass band jamming off each other and then Jig has the Irish tune in it and stuff so Jig Jam makes sense for him, finally <laughs> well, we've been t- chatting with Jig Jam at Folk Alliance International in uh, New Orleans and that's Cahal Gainan uh, Melia, uh, Jamie McKeown and Gavin Strafford and thanks a million guys for taking the time to chat with me no problem at all thanks a million